Hello and welcome to War of the Words. This is your podcast for hard-hitting topics that somehow just don't sit right. I shall be ripping apart topics we all have an opinion on. You will never see the same topic the same way again. And I'm going to show you how to dissect each of any story and come to a conclusion you're content with, all in my podcasts. This week on War of the Words. The new vaccine technology to fight COVID-19 is 70 years old. And the west of planet Earth have a West African slave from over 300 years ago to thank. How Western humanity actually got to the 1950s. And it's all thanks to an enslaved man from West Africa. Records show the smallpox epidemic of 1721 was a sickness which swept through the city of Boston in the United States. It killed hundreds at a time, even before modern medicine treatment or a robust understanding of an infectious disease was possible. An enslaved man known only as Onesimus suggested a potential way to keep people from getting sick. Intrigued by Onesimus's idea, a brave doctor and an outspoken minister undertook a bold experiment to try and stop smallpox in its tracks. From the records and logs, we see smallpox entered the colonies on slave ships transmitted by enslaved people who in packed and unsanitary quarters. In 1706, an enslaved West African man was purchased from a prominent Puritan minister, Cotton Mather, and his congregation. Mather gave the West African man the name of One Esimus, after a biblical slave to convert slaves to Christianity and educate them. It was in 1716 Onesimus told him something he didn't believe, that he knew how to prevent smallpox. Onesimus, who was a pretty intelligent fellow, Mother wrote, told him he had the smallpox, and then he hadn't. Onesimus said that he had undergone an operation which had given him something of the smallpox that would forever preserve him from it. And whoever had the courage to use it was forever free of fear and contagion. The operation Onesimus referred to consisted of rubbing pus from an infected person into an open wound on the arm. Once the infected material was introduced into the body, the person who underwent the procedure was inoculated against smallpox. It wasn't a vaccination which involves exposure to less dangerous virus to provoke immunity, Onesimus's story undergo the procedure, whose name meant useful. Mother, who had been a powerful figure in slave ownership, took duty. It's not clear if Onesimus lived to see the success of the technique he introduced to Mother. Nothing is known of his later life other than he partially purchased his freedom. What is clear is that the knowledge he passed on saved thousands of lives. 
and then it went all the way to 1980 and the World Health Organization declared smallpox entirely eradicated due to the spread of immunization worldwide. It remains the only infectious disease to have been entirely wiped out. The question begs, how did Onesimus know this worked? We can only guess that he was educated from his family and the culture he was surrounded by back in Africa. Does anyone know this story or what happened to Onesimus? Do you know of any other fascinating stories that may be not documented? Pop a comment below. It's with thanks to Onesimus we speed up to present day. Did you know that scientists have been working on over 70 types of COVID vaccines? There's only two main types likely to be rolled out in the UK. So let's look at the first one, the classical vaccine. This vaccine called CHADOX1NCOV-19 is being used by AstraZeneca and the Oxford vaccine. It uses a harmless weakened version of a common virus which currently only causes a cold in chimpanzees. Researchers have already used this technology to produce vaccines against a number of pathogens, including flu, Zika, and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. The virus is genetically modified, so it's impossible to grow in humans, and these are known as classical vaccines, and led to the eventual eradication of smallpox. Scientists have transferred the genetic instructions for the coronavirus-specific spike protein, which it needs to invade cells to the vaccine. When the vaccine enters cells inside the body, it uses this genetic code to produce the surface spike protein of the coronavirus. This induces an immune response, priming the immune system to attack so let's look at the second type of vaccine, the new technology, which actually began in the 1950s. Yes, the jabs from Pfizer and Moderna are messenger vaccines or mRNA vaccines. It's actually like putting the drug factory inside you. Unlike the classical vaccine, in other terms, it's like a computer downloading software. The vaccine is the software being installed into your body, your body being the computer. mRNA vaccines, in contrast to classical vaccines, trick the body into producing some of the viral proteins itself. They work by using mRNA or messenger RNA, which is the molecule that essentially puts DNA instructions into action. Inside a cell, mRNA is used as a template to build a protein. And mRNA is basically like a preform of a protein, and it's what the protein is basically made of later on. To produce an mRNA vaccine, scientists produce a synthetic version of the mRNA that a virus uses to build its infectious proteins. The mRNA is delivered into the human body whose cells read it as instructions to build that viral protein and therefore create some of the virus's molecules themselves inside. 
these proteins are solitary, so they don't assemble to form a virus. The immune system then detects these viral proteins and starts to produce a defensive response to them. The Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Moderna vaccines have been shown to provoke both an antibody and T-cell response. Antibodies are proteins that bind to the body's foreign invaders and tell the immune system it needs to take action. T-cells are the type of white blood cell that hunt down the infected cells in the body and destroy them. Nearly all effective vaccines introduce both responses. So this is Pfizer, BioNTech's and Moderna's vaccine. Are they any different? Moderna vaccine may have the edge. Unlike Pfizer and BioNTech's offering, it doesn't have to be stored at minus 70 degrees Celsius, but can tolerate a much warmer 20 degrees. This is standard for most hospital and pharmacy freezers. The difference means Moderna's vaccine should be easier to distribute and store. The Oxford vaccine introduces robust antibody and T-cell responses across people of all ages, so the data indicates. But on the news, we're not really told any of this. It all sounds fascinating and high tech, but the idea of mRNA was born in the 1950s. The acceptance of a genetic code, the acceptance of a genetic role of DNA only began in 1944. A key insight came in 1953 for when it suggested the sequence of bases of a DNA molecule contains genetic information. This involves proteins being synthesized on the DNA molecule itself. The issue then became how this information was turned into a biological function, to then suggesting a model for how the genetic code might function. This is what we would now identify as mRNA. Now, in contrast, recently, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr., who is an American environmental lawyer, son of Robert F. Kennedy and nephew of former President John F. Kennedy, he's brought some very interesting reading to the narrative and rhetoric to which the world's citizens are being informed about with the COVID vaccine. He's researched for the first time in history of vaccination, the so-called last generation mRNA vaccines intervene directly into the genetic material of the patient and therefore alter the individual genetic material. This represents the genetic manipulation, something that is already forbidden and until then considered criminal. This intervention can be compared to genetically manipulated food, which is also highly controversial. Even if the media and politicians currently trivialize the problem and even stupidly call for a new type of vaccine to return to normality, this vaccination is problematic in terms of health, morality, and ethics, and also in terms of genetic damage that unlike the damage caused by previous classical vaccines, this mRNA will be irreversible and irreparable. You will no longer be able to treat the vaccine symptoms in a complementary way.
they will have to live with the consequences from after the vaccine. They will no longer be cured simply by removing toxins from the human body, just like a person with a genetic defect like Down syndrome, Kleinfelter syndrome, Turner syndrome, genetic cardiac arrest, hemophilia, cystic fibrosis, Rett syndrome, etc. Because the genetic defect is forever. This means clearly if a vaccination symptom develops after an mRNA vaccination is put into your body, no lawyer, doctor or therapist can help you. This is because the damage caused by the vaccination will be genetically irreversible. He says these new vaccines represent a crime against humanity that has never been committed in such a big way in history as Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg, an, an experienced doctor, said. In fact, this, is, this promising vaccine for the vast majority of people be forbidden because it's a genetic manipulation. The vaccine developed and endorsed by Anthony Fushi and funded by Bill Gates uses experimental mRNA technology. Three human guinea pigs have already experienced a serious adverse event, but we've got no information on that. The messenger RNA or mRNA is the acid that transfers the genetic code of the DNA. It basically determines the order in which the amino acids of a protein bind and acts as a mold or pattern for the synthesis of that protein. So now Robert Kennedy Jr. answered these FAQs, not questions and answers I've noticed on the regular news channels, that's for sure. So does the coronavirus exist or not? Yes, the coronavirus does exist, like many other viruses. Does it have a cure? Yes, if you use the proper medicines, and do not leave your health in the hands of the corrupt. Are there good doctors? Yes, and many. Some are acting discreetly giving appropriate treatments. Others have been bolder, and there are many videos in the networks talking about these treatments, and many have been threatened, disqualified, or silenced. Are scientists investigating? Yes. And there is a world union calling for more doctors and scientists called Doctors and Scientists for Truth to expose the falsity of the treatments they have given to this bug issue. Is it a pandemic? No. The World Health Organization changed the term that referred to the pandemic before the bug was launched in order to end the pandemic. Is it contagious? Yes, like all flu. If I catch the virus, does it mean that I will die? No. If you have symptoms just like the appropriate medicine from the first day, strengthen the immune system, take anti-inflammatory and anti-influenza, you can cure this in your own home. Can it be prevented? Yes. Being as clean as you should be and maintaining a high immune system. And you also have ozone therapy, chlorine dioxide, 
and other preventative protocols. Are the counts of infected and dead by the virus certain? No. In the USA alone, it was discovered that any data would be in fact 10% of that number because the causes of deaths were other diseases and the tests are not reliable. They give false positives. Are asymptomatic real cases of positives? The human being has many microorganisms and viruses in the body. And this does not mean that you are sick or an infected person or that you have the virus. However, the virus that supposedly is so aggressive presents some symptoms in the patients because the body releases alarms for the intruder, such as a fever, headache, vomiting, etc. And according to Robert Koch's theory, the answer is no. Was the virus created? Yes, in a laboratory. For what purpose? To be the excuse to resist freedoms, to change the current economic system to more oppressive, enslaving, scary, blind flock of obedience. Are many countries part of this malicious plan? Yes. Will we get out of this? Yes. And all those contributed to the deaths and the plan will fall and they will pay for what they did. Must I be afraid? No. Fear diminishes your immune system and makes you mentally controllable. Is the media part of the plan? Yes. The owners of the media are the accomplices. They call this mind control. What should I do? You protect yourself, and if you get sick, you already know how to heal yourself at home or with your trusted doctor. I'm sure you agree. These are all huge questions and answers. So I did some more on learning. As Moderna may be the most rolled out vaccine, I chose them to unlearn a bit more. I've unlearned Moderna's therapeutics and is now banking on a mysterious new technology to keep afloat its brash promise of reinventing modern medicine. He promised that Moderna's treatment for a rare disease known as Kreigler-Najjar syndrome, sounds intriguing, developed alongside biotech giant. It was to be the first therapy using an audacious new technology that Bansell promised would yield dozens of drugs in the coming decades. The most highly valued private company in biotech has run into troubling safety problems with its most ambitious therapy. It's all vaccines right now, and vaccines are a lost leader, said one former Moderna manager. Moderna right now is a multi-billion dollar vaccines company, and I don't see how that holds up, they said. A focus on four vaccines is moving through the first phase of clinical trials, two targeting strains of influenza, a third for the Zika virus, and the fourth remains a secret. Now we're going back a few years. He presented instead, what's the secret? Bansell clicked through the graphs of data from 
animals uh, studies before hurrying on to tout Moderna's balance sheet and discuss the company's cancer vaccines, all been slated for clinical testing as well, by the way. Moderna founded in 2012 and reached unicorn status. It started a $1 billion valuation. And then in two years, it became faster growing than Uber, than Dropbox and Lyft. The company's premise using custom-built strands of messenger RNA, known as mRNA, as we've already learned. It aims to turn the body cells into an ad hoc drug factory, compiling them to produce the proteins needed to treat a wide variety of diseases. Again, we've read about that just now. But mRNA is a tricky technology. Several major pharmaceutical companies have tried and abandon the idea, struggling to get mRNA into cells without triggering nasty side effects. Again, we've unlearned that too. Bansall has repeatedly promised that Moderna's new therapies will change the world, but the company has refused to publish any data on its mRNA vehicles, sparking skepticism from a lot of scientists. Delay on the Chrysler Najar project signals persistent and troubling safety concerns for any mRNA treatment that needs to be delivered in multiple doses, covering almost in its vaccine. The company did disclose a new technology, it says, and this technology will more safely deliver mRNA. It's called V1GL. Bansell told this to Forbes, but neither case has the company provided any details. And the lack of specificity has inevitably raised questions. The former employees and collaborators close to the process said Moderna was always toiling away on a new delivery technology in hopes of hitting on something safer than what it had. Even Bansell has acknowledged in an interview with Forbes that the delivery method used in Moderna's first vaccines was not very good. In order to protect mRNA molecules from the body's natural defences, drug developers must wrap them in a protective casing. For Moderna, that meant putting its Chrysler Najar therapies in nanoparticles made of lipids. And for its chemists, those nanoparticles created a daunting challenge. Dose too little and you don't get enough enzyme to affect the disease. Dose too much and the drug is too toxic for patients. From the start, Moderna's scientists knew that using mRNA to spur protein production would be a tough task. So they scoured the medical literature for diseases that might be treated with just small amounts of an additional protein. And that list of diseases is very, very short, said one former employee who described Bansell as needing a Hail Mary. Is coronavirus that Hail Mary? Now, at the time, the Chrysler Najar was the lowest hanging fruit from the tree. Could the coronavirus be that lowest hanging fruit of the tree right now?
Yet Moderna could not make its therapy work. Former employees and collaborators said the safe dose was too weak and the repeat injections of a dose strong enough to be affected had troubling effects on the liver in the animal studies. And summarise. We have a new gene therapy, almost ready to roll out to millions, yet we can't get it right since its birth in the 1950s, and which was still to fathom out the long-term irreversible side effects to humans. We have a classical vaccine almost available to the public months after the pandemic started, when classical vaccines take about 10 years to develop. So let's take a breather. We have one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, a front runner in the supply to major governments around the world. They've openly been designing influenza vaccines for years, plus a secret vaccine too. They're struggling for money, yet now funded by Bill Gates, who himself hosted an edition of TED Talks. What are these pharmaceutical companies deeming to be the definition of safe? Years ago, about the next virus to hit the world will be the deadliest. Is it worth taking at all, given the risks on all sides? These are the only questions to ask right now. I really don't blame anyone for taking any of these vaccines. But at least do your own research first and be content with it. For example, ask all the possible questions to the trained medical person who is vaccinating you. If you're not happy with the answers, don't have it. Also ask about the transportation and the storage of the vaccine, the dosage of what they're giving you. Will it be enough? Could it be too much? Again, the risks, as there's no U-turn on the contamination once it's gone into your body. I hope all this unlearning has provided some food for thought maybe provoked you to comment on anything I've mentioned today. I look forward to unlearning more on War of the Words in my next podcast. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the start of a new topic of unlearning the biggest Q&As ever. And don't forget, life is a quest to find a balance of thinking time for our own peace of mind.